We're not in a homestuck situation here. Oh, you know? golly. Nathan, so much of our fan base is at least former homestuck. If I, not kind as, of as am I, and I know how terrible it could get. <laughs> I, James, I think that's a Spiders Gay Org situation. I think that we have one or two very loud homestuck fans <laughs> that is overrepresented uh, in the fandom. Hey, if you're out there listening right now, Head over to Twitter or whatever social media platform exists at whatever point in the future this is coming out <laughs> and let us know if you read Homestuck or read Homestuck. We want to know. No, mm-hmm. no, we don't. We do. We want to no, know. <laughs> let us know if you're a Patreon backer who read Homestuck. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I hate knowing things about people. <laughs> let us know. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're a Patreon backer uh, who read Homestuck, let us know that and then let us know what your current hyperfixation is. Uh, oh, that'll, mm, that'll sort of gauge, mm, okay. that'll gauge like everything. And an interesting fact about dry ice, when dry ice touches steel, it causes the steel to vibrate, whine. It's this horrible screech that grates on you and calls out to you. You don't hear it as a sound, but you feel the physical sensation of that screeching as though it is you know, making the sound in the room with you. And you see through the shadows, through the lantern light, a cleaver embedded in the stone of the wall that demands to be noticed. Yeah, the the kind of ringing in the air is almost as if the, the sound of... Uh, steel swinging through the air or striking an object has frozen at a single point of time and that moment of sound is just extending infinitely mm. has been echoing in this space for decades Ooh. and Ormar goes over and yeah this lines up the arcs of damage the spatters of blood across this space at least one of them leads here almost radiating out from this point in time and space. But still, this... It's another thing that we can use to cut stuff up. And if it breaks, at least we've not broken one of our tools. And if it really comes down to it, we might be able to burn the handle. He grabs the hilt of the axe. (laughs) That's Uh, The hilt of the cleaver. Yeah. Grabbing the cleaver, the ringing stops. And that's it for now. (laughs) Ominous. Cool. Let's go over to get. Hey, I couldn't be happier that that's the luminary that got pulled. So excited about how this is going so far. Uh, Liz, let's draw for you. And we get the Night of Spring. Mm -hmm. Spring 
is resupply. Oh, and this is fun. <laughs> what you get is signs of a penguin griffin. <laughs> so I think before entering this place, Gable just needs to brace and gather themselves. Um, so I imagine like you find signs of this penguin griffin outside. Um, how do you find it? What, what, what is it? Is this a live thing, a dead thing? What's going on? Oh, 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 it's going to be sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so outside, I don't think Gable ever got outside enough to really ever see the penguin griffins, but just with guards talking, it was pretty frequent. Like there was a big herd back in the day mm. of penguin griffins that like there were too big to mess with. So the church never really did anything about them, but um, it was uh, like just something that was talked about. I think what this is, is for somehow in in the past 150 years, there was a different major weather event that caused a big melt. And then just as quickly next day, a deep freeze. So what Gable sees is like a a bunch of frozen footprints or flipper prints that lead around a corner. And what they see is a perfectly frozen perfectly preserved mm. uh, penguin mother standing next to uh, standing on top or sitting on top of a golden griffin egg completely frozen oh. dead for years but has been uh, good and good enough good enough to eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I I like that and it makes total sense with rapidly shifting seasons it could have been summer you know one day and then deep of a harsh winter the next day and you just end up with a flash frozen huge bird like there's um, a flood and it's perfectly encased in ice somehow it's like mm. almost terrifying and magical to see it's like the, i i don't want to touch this this is so so fucking wild mm -hmm. yeah this is flash frozen meat this is exactly what what y'all need it'll <laughs> be a real bitch to butcher but uh yeah How, what kind of penguin is this liz oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you must choose yeah give, no, give it a name no, give it a name and a backstory no, i'm thinking about all the good penguins there are i love mm -hmm. penguins so much <laughs> Oh, it doesn't make any sense for it to be like a rock hopper or anything like that, because those guys are little. It's prob it's probably just your standard emperor penguin mama. Okay, enormous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How tall is an emperor penguin? How tall are they? Like a whole foot tall, right? Yeah, they I think they're around four feet. Whoa! Yeah, kid so. size. Yeah. Jeez. I had no idea. That's why they're so <laughs> huggable. You go to your aquarium, you can see them. They come out all the way up to your your hip. That is thirty three feet tall. That's that's too much. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> too much. Uh, <laughs> so hey, good find, Gable. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Gosh, no wonder if they moved in herds, like thirty foot penguins moving as in in the march of the penguins. Terrifying. Yeah, 
Well, and the thing is, like, penguin griffins, especially in post-fall sphere, are, like, one of the few types of wild griffins that would really be able to form herds and communities mm-hmm. because there's enough food in the ocean, which is now full of awful monsters, to keep them fed and of ginormous size. Mm-hmm. So... Based on how quick and easy that is, I think y'all should get two free draws before okay. I, I do rolls. Um, so let's go uh, through again. John it. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, do your thing. Uh, we have the Knight of Stars, which means you're going to find another artifact an, or magical thing. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is just a magical thing, which makes a lot of sense for this facility because this is probably also a place where they would be testing like magical folkloric objects mm-hmm. that people don't quite understand the properties of. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there are important high-ranking church officials here, uh, it also means that maybe this is a religious relic a- as well. Um, being a, a knight of stars, like this is going to be a relatively important draw. And the luminary that we get is... The Rusalka. Mm. Okay. My friend. And her themes are temptation, desire, and longing. Hmm. Um, let's see. I think there's maybe a room where it's like, it's maybe the, like the warden of, of this place has a small like setup that is dedicated towards like the 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 basic shallow human like understanding and search of knowledge about like feathers and i think that there's maybe like a display with if, I think if you actually, if you knew an angel and you knew like an angel feather, you'd look at this display and be like, okay, most of this is nothing. Mm. Absolutely. Like, what what are you doing? You're just like collecting feathers you found. But I think that there is maybe like one or two, like there's maybe an actual feather there. Mm. Um, and then there is like, a couple like stones or trinkets that could like hold some kind of like magical weight. Um, But I I think it's like a display that this person has set up to basically like take trinkets off of people um, and then put them in this display as some sort of like, I'm doing, I'm doing good work. Hmm. And these are my trophies. Do you think? Yeah. Uh Oh, do you think they've tried to make an artificial feather? Uh, I, ah, it's like this is a feather you found and tried to mm. force to be special. Here's Ab- yeah. Here's what I think. Um, especially because you identified this as the warden of this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, unbeknownst to you, Tyler Davis, an extremely loaded connection that you made. Because again, this information has existed 
and been uh, present and available to you for two years. Are you bullying all of us on. here? I don't think this is information I'm bringing Again, I'm not bullying you. Nathan, I'm not bullying you. No, no. You he's part of this cast. You're getting, he's getting bullied just like all of us. <laughs> no, Nathan's good and better I, than it, everyone no, else. No, it's just like, I, no one's saying wait, that's hold not on, true. Hold on. <laughs> is this a thing that has been dangled in front of me before? I genuinely no. don't remember. Hasn't no, been no, dangled in front of you hasn't been dangled in front of you they've had it okay they've had it they've asked zero questions about it and i've prepared for it what if i said what if i said like oh yeah gable read that two years ago they thought it sucked too too late (laughs) you already established that your characters have not okay you've established that they haven't (laughs) that's in the canon at any point you could say hey I'm going to have my character read this and then we would prepare all of the necessaries. In (laughs) fact, maybe that's what's happening. If you decide that someone on this ship is reading that book, this whole arc will be interspersed with excerpts of that book so that that information could finally be out there. (laughs) The important thing Mm -hmm. is that that is a loaded connection. And the fact that this character was looking into angel feathers is interesting. And the fact that what we have here is an angel feather related artifact that is put together, intermixed with useless trinkets and wild out there theories that are are not panning out. I think what you find, Jonnet, is a vivisected angel feather. Uh, which also means it is alive. Um, Mm. There is like kind of uh, some of the wildest like old school medicine practices uh, when we were still figuring out how the nervous system worked. Uh, Surgeons would take cadavers and like cut perform surgeries upon the bodies to cut out and preserve the nerves themselves. So like cutting away all of the flesh and all of the other material. So just the nerves were there and they would lay these out on lacquer boards so that they could get a better understanding of how the nervous system worked, how different things are connected and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That sort of like surgery has been done to this angel feather. So you see like, the physical components that make up like it looks like a feather but an angel feather isn't exactly that because it has eyes in it and those eyes aren't necessarily eyeballs but like they move around they can see and so this has been cut to its bare physical components this strange like blend between the metaphysical connection to the universe itself and the physical manifestation of that that is the angel feather and it is laid out on this board uh and all the various parts of itself are separated out and laid out as plain strands uh the final result is haunting and sickening and beautiful The eyes look like jewels the way they have been laid out on this mat. And I think you are right. Uh, Next to it, they 
are trying to use the components of this real angel feather to put together kind of an artificial artifact out of, you know, perhaps significantly magical things and objects to create some kind of artificial angel feather structure. I feel like there's, while the angel feather does not have like an eyeball, I think in trying to like manufacture that, you see sort of like several, there is on on this display, there's like an eyeball and it's like a penguin eye or mm-hmm. um, just like varying eyes. And I can't, I can't imagine what a scientist would do with this other than like take an eye and like put it on the feather and be like, Nah, and do nothing next. <laughs> but it's like some kind of like, these are all the eyes that we have access to and we're going to try and infuse this and imbu- uh, embed it into this feather. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think <clears throat> if Jonnet were to touch, actually, yeah, I think he he processes out the 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 real feather and then sees the the in process feather. And he goes and grabs that. Is there any kind of like reaction that he gets from it? Or is it just like, this is a failed attempt? Are you touching the, so just touching the the artificial feather? Yes, the compound feather, whatever. Interesting. Um, I have to decide really quickly mm-hmm. how successful someone could be at doing this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, gonna draw a separate luminary just for that. Yeah. Jonnet, what you see is kind of like, this is only going to make sense to to real old folks, <laughs> but back with old school traditional cable, um, you, there were certain channels that like were pay-per-view. Like if you didn't get HBO, you had to be specifically patched in. But if you were changing the channels on your like C- CRT television and you move past it, sometimes a warped image of, you know, fucking taxi cab confessions or whatever would appear on the screen. So through static and like that sort of signal warping, mm-hmm. you feel like a cold and mechanical vision of what perhaps the real feather might have shown you. And Jonnet, the world that you see is dark, like icy black darkness. And then it looks like hundreds, perhaps thousands of small, colorful lights open. Um, And as like you struggle and you feel like a headache. It is almost like pushing into a migraine the more you try to understand this uh, because what, what, what is coming to you is just like not the right connector for you to receive a vision. But as you fight through it, you realize those are eyes. Those are angel feather eyes. You are surrounded by them. They're everywhere. They're blinking, darting about, and for just a brief instant, it resolves into a room, a grand hall, where the walls are covered in angel feathers, and you are looking from the perspective of a single feather looking out 
uh, into this room, into this hall that is decorated with church finery and many symbols of the Church of the Slain God uh, to see that you are surrounded by other angel feathers. And then the connection snaps off and I think the artificial feather breaks like some part of it just crumbles into ash. Um, does in like a quick scanning recalling of just the, this place, that room is not anywhere that we have been in this. Yeah. No, it's not anywhere that you have been, but you can tell, like you just know instinctually from the vision. It is a real place that exists right now on sphere. Yeah. Um, okay. So after (laughs) that win and loss, (laughs) <laughs> that came back to back. I think Jonnet is going to um, log that away. Definitely something to talk about. And then um, he's going to very carefully try to just like roll up the mat that this original feather was on to try and just like get it in his bag so we can get it back to the ship so we can properly look at it. But I don't want to like risk touching it and having an already you know, dissected yeah. feathered blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, and I, I think it is the sort of thing where you'd be able to do that. And this takes a long time because you have to carefully thaw whatever like leather or vellum sheet that this is uh, lacquered onto <laughs> he's so just, that it can he's be just rolled. Like breathing on it. <sighs> yeah. Rolling it. <sighs> But um, I, I will say you are able to do that in a way that, like, archaeologists, I know that would damage it. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. Come at us. It's fine. Uh-huh. If Don't you're in a science, it. you owe me a healthy penguin that wants to fuck. And I want to see that before <laughs> I hear about any of your complaints about what is realistic or not. <laughs> we have needs, too. All right. And we need those needs met. Um, is is have we split up? Or are we like in a clump or I, I don't just like is should I be relaying this to someone now or or can I? I, no, when I, we jump like, back I don't think it is a Scooby-Doo situation. Like what yeah. you've described to me, it is not sort of if one of you gets attacked by something that could attack you, mm-hmm. that you will be alone with that. No. Uh, it is that you are divided enough. Everybody's like finding their own important shit right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Can I say that he's like maybe closest to like Wendell? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's definitely like a moment of like you see a vision like you're in the real world, you're like a little bit paralyzed and like there's a c- bit of a coming to and um, he sees like the 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 feather break apart and uh, John, it kind of like a little defeated, a little ashamed, like looks up at Wendell's like, hey, uh, don't tell anybody about this feather. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell. Just don't say anything yet, please. Wendell. Uh, Wendell's like, you got it, buddy. All you have to do is not tell anyone about this. And there's like an extremely valuable looking like ceramic thing that has been just crushed to fucking (laughs) powder by this, this boy's big, powerful, meaty hands. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. 
Sometimes you make a little body mistake. It's okay. And if you tell anyone, it will happen to you as well. I feel like we're in a peck now, but I also feel like I'm being held hostage. We'll unpack this later. Ex-bros, ex-bros, ex-bros. Stop pumping your axes when you're doing that. Uh, let's cut over to our dear captain. Okay. Oh, shit. The <laughs> Fool of Spring. Okay. This is a big one. Uh, spring is resupply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's And this says a few barrels of whiskey uh, that were somehow buried deep in snow. Hmm. Right. Okay. Both uh, Oromar and Carlos, I I think this is it'll eventually be kind of end up being a group conversation. But we find uh, some stone steps going down, Mm -hmm. and just you just peer down that spiral staircase, and you just don't see the bottom. It clearly has to end. Maybe the the way that the echoes in this room suggest that actually this stairwell isn't actually that deep. But just for a moment, you glimpse just pure void at the bottom of those. And uh, Oromar makes his way down the spiral staircase uh, hand running along the side of the stone as to have something to kind of grab onto should uh, the stairs be slippery. And they are. This whole place is covered in ice. <laughs> Very slippy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And eventually it stops short and it's like, oh, this staircase should actually go further, but it's 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 blocked by just layers and layers and layers of uh, snow that's melted and refrozen from decades just filling this up like a well. But uh, objects have apparently been floating, at least layer by Mm. layer. And in the most recent layer, there is a barrel or two lodged in the ice at an angle. I'm going to say, like, this is more close to like a half dozen barrels. Oh, a lot. A whole (laughs) bunch of barrels lodged (laughs) that seem to be, whenever it warms up just enough for this layer of ice to melt, they manage to kind of stay relatively on top. But And the thing about this, why this is the fool draw uh, instead of something that may have been more useful for your survival, mm-hmm. uh, this is whiskey stored in barrels that has been aging for at least 150 years. What is inside is liquid gold. Uh, this is something that there, there is no way for anyone to create this. One of the fun things that I know about shipwrecks is occasionally they find a sealed barrel of some liquor on a shipwreck. Uh, and when it is something like a whiskey or a cognac, um, that can still be served. People will pay like $16,000 for an ounce of that stuff mm-hmm. because nobody ages a barrel of whiskey for 150 years. Um, so if you can take these back to civilization and move them, wildly, wildly valuable, uh, mm-hmm. especially as trading stock, you could use it for almost anything if you're dealing with the very rich and very powerful. 
Mm. We have a event of very rich and very powerful people coming up imminently. Um, oof, oof. Oromar encounters these barrels, and do these, I mean, at this point, would they even give off a smell? These are sealed tight. They're, they're, like, they're sealed barrels, uh, and also, it's fucking cold. Like, I mm. don't think inside this place it is cold enough that the whiskey would be frozen. Would freeze, but... Um, but it is cold enough that, like, there's probably not a lot of evaporation that happened. Mm. Mm. But uh, something that there's there's a, a tentative tap on the barrel. Nothing. It's not going to vibrate at this kind of like temperature and firmness, wiping off snow and ice. And I think again, seeing a logo of uh, and Oromar recognizes it as the same kind of logo that is blown into the glass of one of the bottles in mm. his quarters yeah uh, oh, they're not love, around anymore of that yeah like, yeah oh man oh yes. man so this is like a chase piece in bottle form so you <laughs> found like a legendary whiskey mm. oh my the stars above um okay like he immediately he recognizes it's whiskey then is like Whiskey's flammable. No, we can't do that. We absolutely can't. Do that. <laughs> um, you mustn't. That is, yeah. Carl- th- there's Carlos, Carlos on one side who only knows that things can burn, and Oromar on the other side who has a human heart. <laughs> well, C- Carlos previously was uh, a brewer before they, oh, they before right. they moved into um, Carlos, Carlos, uh, and. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> I just kind of like <laughs> almost like the sound of an uh, of like an ice skater makes on ice, just like <laughs> as uh, uh, Carlos glides down the spiral staircase. Well, fuck me. <laughs> so, what's the plan, boss man? Do you think you can get it out of the ice without? You know, without damaging it. Yes. Well, you're going to have to give me a little bit of time. I wasn't the one to go and carry axes. Not really my style, but I do have these. And um, like removing a glove, there is almost like a mini bandolier around the wrist of a whole bunch of like vials of chemicals (laughs) of bright colors. Awesome. Awesome. Objectively awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Give me 45 minutes and some free time. Um, I I mean, f- f- fabulous. Uh, do you do you need any? No, I don't need your help. Oh, okay. Um, right then. And like, <laughs> yes. like, could you just really quick give us a full thirty minutes of dialogue between these two characters? Please. Honestly, Sorry, it's what quick. it's what we want. <laughs> 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 I wanted to go in some of the character I liked, and then I realized I had to voice them. That's me. Um, <laughs> it's the, well, the problem is you have to voice them at each other. We really yeah. should have just shuffled it's, the pairing. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. It's fine. The scene is over, but yeah, it's, yeah. He, he was like, oh, 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 "Fine," and uh, like Im- visibly embarrassed, makes his way back up the spiral staircase again. Okay. We can't burn it, and uh, I don't know how many of those we could feasibly go and get back to our ship in favor of other more useful items, but 
several barrels of the most expensive whiskey that anyone in Sphere has ever known is down a spiral staircase that is entirely frozen over. We're taking at least two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, now we come to Gable. Oh, yeah. Ooh, a two of stars. Getting a lot of star pulls here. So this is an artifact, probably a more minor one. Artifact. And it is the island. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not a good one. No. Uh, that stands for, well, you know, but the themes match up. Imprisonment, doom, and the cursed sea, which I feel <laughs> like makes sense yeah. for... That's three for three for the setting. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, James, you can let me know if this makes sense. So the execution method that we were talking about was like, it was an icicle, right? It was like, it was a wild thing that we decided. It's like an ice luge where they pour water up the top, but it becomes an icicle on the way down. And then it like I smashes this. into you. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's like very deliberately seawater? Oh, that makes sense. Um, And where it is, it's hanging over a cliff. So once you get stabbed, you just fall into the ocean. And but I don't know with the artifact, like a mechanism of that maybe. Yeah, whatever pumping system has to be within this place. Like, and I, I think also probably to get people right into the sea because again you had to cross like a mile of ice to get here mm -hmm. or whatnot. Mm -hmm. They probably had to cut out, core out, like a spot in the ice where you, somebody could be stabbed and then roll off into the sea. Um, so yeah, you probably find like the mechanism housing uh, that set up this complicated and fucking cursed way of execution. Mm -hmm. There's no way that this is useful. <laughs> probably not useful. No. Um, but like definitely definitely makes sense as a thing to find and for gable there is an element of you know back at that time this was before not before the mariner existed but before the mariner was part of like common knowledge of a force within the world it was like 50 years later it was pretty well cemented uh within common knowledge that there were you know ships full of wild sailors that would rove around and raid coastal towns and whatnot. This was definitely at a time where it was considered extremely dangerous to go on sea voyages and sailors had the reputation of being unhinged and like wild people who were about like prone to bouts of anger and like throw these revelrous parties that would burn down towns and do all of these things. And you now see this device and wonder the construction of this thing. How much of that was related to people succumbing to the Mariner's Mark here in these frozen wastes and not even knowing that that's what was happening? Perhaps some of the dark rituals that took place here grew the mariner's power um it's difficult to say i assume gables with no dose because that's who's left um mm -hmm. 
Gable kind of explained not exactly the science of how it worked, but just the general, like, this is the execution method. It's quite archaic, a little bit, you know, they're not particularly efficient, very much ceremonial. Do you want to just break it? Do you want to just wail on this thing for a little bit? <laughs> I was I was kind of hoping that you were going to suggest it because I thought of it and I was like, no, we can't just spend can't. our time wailing on something. But I would very much like to break a cursed thing, yes. I think. I think it's, it's not maybe not helpful for our immediate purposes, but will keep us warm. And second of all, we're going to, we're going to fly away from this place and feel really good about the fact that we did this. Feel really good about it. Just a real ribbon on all the things that we were able to accomplish. So, Hey, uh, uh, let's, uh, what do I, what do do I have? What do I have? Uh, big old rocks. Come on, let's get at it. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine Gable just like walks over to like a wall, grabs a stone, pulls it from the wall. Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll! Heroes, Gen Con is right around the corner, and OneShot has a slate of wonderful events that you could attend! Starting up on Thursday at 1pm, Jeff, John, and I will be hosting a panel called How to Get Your Friends into RPGs. Friday at 3, we have the RPG Game Show in the Weston Grand Ballroom 5. Friday at 4 p.m., we have the System Mastery Live Show in the Marriott, Tennessee Room. Friday at 10 p.m. at the Indianapolis Convention Center, 144 through 145, we have an Evening of Illimat with One Shot, where myself, Nathan Blades, and some other One Shot personalities will be teaching and playing Illimat with our fans. Then Saturday at 7 p.m., we have the Skyjacks Live Show in Crown Plaza Haymarket A. The Skyjacks live show this year is going to star myself, Nathan Blades, and Tyler Davis. There are still a few tickets left for this event, but they could go quickly. And if it gets sold out, I don't want to turn anyone away. So make your plans now and book those tickets. Normally, I leave things as a surprise, but this year we are going to be doing an Oromar Vale backstory episode. Heroes, you are definitely going to want to experience this live. So book your tickets now. Before we get back to the show, I want to remind everyone that we are currently preparing to crowdfund a new season of Skyjack's Courier's Call. If you want to be notified when that project goes live, follow the link in our show notes to our Kickstarter preview page and click the sign up to get a notification as soon as that project launches. I'm really excited about a new season of Courier's Call, and I know so many of you are as well. I'd really love for this project to be as big a success as all the other seasons. So sign up and stay with us. As always, a tremendous thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. The OneShot Network and Campaign Skyjacks in particular are funded almost entirely through our supporters on Patreon. Not only does Patreon bring you everything that you're listening to on this show, but it also provides some cool rewards, like the bonus content that we're currently posting to the feed about the magic of the Black Lilies. You can get all that and more by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up as a backer for $5 a month or more. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. 
And so basically, I will need you to tell me I have uh, amended a little bit your character sheets. I've, I've fixed the amount of boxes and the little dice symbols. Uh, so tell me what stat you are rolling with. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a- against a-, a hard check. You are basically each success, each like net success that you get to this roll is going to be you are able to pull an extra card and choose between um, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the results. Um, so you'll have like a little bit more guaranteed useful stuff coming towards mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can choose different stats. Uh, if you want to roll with magic, if you can justify how you're using magic to find useful stuff, you can make that roll with magic. Tell you tell me the core dice you you, you use. You can also spend one from your stat to upgrade one of those dice and one from your stat or and two from your stat to add a new d6 to the roll um so if uh stats there are eight that i think are would be two d8s right rather than d6s yes so if i spent spending one from that wouldn't be possible because you wouldn't be able to upgrade to d8 to anything no no, you you could so those those spends Mm -hmm. don't like take you below actively those are just Mm -hmm. how much you have to spend um sure I, i guess i was just checking if uh because obviously in like uh genesis you only really have like yellow and green die in terms of things when you upgrade them. So would mm-hmm. those D8s go to D10s? Those or? those D8s go to D12s. Um, D12s, uh, And nice. after that point, there's no upgrading. Gotcha. In that case, I, I know what I will be doing then. Thank you for clarifying. Of course. Um, who's going first? Uh, oh. Real quick, mm-hmm. I, just uh, I, remind me, please. Prowess is that... Uh, prowess is... Is like strength, strength and physical okay. power, mm-hmm. which gotcha. you could justify, but the role will probably be harder. Um, gotcha. If like I'm so strong that I find stuff is like you just <laughs> digging very vigorously, which, hey, doesn't mean that I'm like so it's impossible for you to succeed. It's just going to be much harder to succeed at I'm, doing the same thing I'm, I'm, that I'm a so smart person strong. who's looking with their eyes to find things mm-hmm. would get. <laughs> I don't okay. Know. Uh, I, I think I know what I want to do. So, um, shall I yeah. go and uh, take a shot at this? I would like to roll uh, using finesse mm-hmm. um, with the idea that there is a pretty notable locked door somewhere in this building, um, which would be fine in terms of picking locks but also this is a locked door that has had several decades of freezing and thawing and probably the mechanics inside are all messed up with the potential of permanently locking the door if i do it incorrectly um short of removing the door fully and that might not be sensible that that Um, makes sense to me and i would like to spend one point of my eight to upgrade uh one of those d8s to a d12 okay Okay, that is looking good. I just need to see what encouraging. <laughs> oh yeah, that's three successes. Uh, so one, two, three. Uh, you can choose between a low summer, and I, I will now reveal the the types of results. Summer is going to be repair stock, anything that you could use to mm-hmm. repair the ship, which is 
quite damaged because mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. sort of got overgrown for a year in the forest. You also have a, a high spring result, which is a resupply. Um, and temptation, a medium memories of Travis result. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> as as much as I would like to, because we haven't had a repair item yet, uh, and we do have food and we do have cash money, I think uh, going for for a repair option would be excellent. Thank you. Okay. Mm. Then we get you. Wow, it is so interesting. So you you go through the work of like painstakingly unlocking this ancient and warped complicated locking mechanism on this door imagining mm. what uh, wealth and treasures you might find inside oh no <laughs> and when you open the door oh, you no. find a slagged furnace uh this is just a burn it, a furnace that has like burned very hot to the point where the furnace itself is unusable mm. however you could scrap it and take useful parts to Dang. make possible repairs to the Uru's furnaces. So right. not the most valuable thing, but it makes sense why it was behind like such a thick door and whatnot mm-hmm. is a furnace is the lifeblood of a place like this. You need warmth to survive. And, you know, if something happened to the furnace, you need a very powerful door to protect uh, mm. the place from an explosion or something. So Any coal? Any coal left? Not in this room. Although, Ah. you know what? Uh, You know what I will say? I'll say that was a three success result. I'll say you find some coal. It -hmm. is not a lot of coal. It is not enough coal to lift a skyship into the air, but it does mean they used coal here. There must be more coal around. You know, mm-hmm. at worst, it means that there could probably be an isolated heater on the place on the ship that the pipes don't reach to. So, uh, on our ship, I mean, in terms of bringing them back, you know, so if somebody has to be on deck and it's freezing out there, at least they can have something that can keep them warm. Okay. Well, I was, I, I don't really know what I was expecting after <laughs> all of that work, but this is bad. This is good. This is, this is good. Gables uh, a few yards away. It's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 like turning and leaning his head out of the locked door. This is indeed, this is indeed it's good. good. It's good. We can repair the ship. Great. It's, it's, it's good. That's good. Moving on. <laughs> hey, everybody, that's good. It's good. Hey, it's good. It's good. <laughs> we, we've just been kind of absorbing the ambient horror of atrocities past for <laughs> however many hours we've been in here. We need the win. Something yes. neutrally <laughs> like, positive, like, oh, uh-huh. good, great. <laughs> As we're as we're walking by, like carcass and bones, like it's good, it's good, it's good. and we're all gonna look up here, look into my eyes, and mm-hmm. it's, good. it's good. Okay, good, good stuff. I found a thing in this place that isn't going to give me nightmares. That's unique and good. Go in its, own it's way. good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> all right, who's next to roll? Um, I think. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a Jonnet if if yeah. if we Ooh. we good on that, and I think it's gonna be on the magic side of things. Um, okay. And I think, um, in a way, I I feel like Jonnet wants. I want to put have Jonnet like put out like 
feelers to either it's not necessarily divine like the divine pathways of the universe but um like it feels like some kind of like earth magic adjacent thing where it's like i just want to like if it's touching the ground if it's made of earth if it's of the earth i want to try to see if i can like feel it um in a similar way to like um you know hitting the ground and like making like earth shoot up or like hitting the wall and like targeting rocks. If he can like target like something that feels dense, but of the earth that feels like it could be like coal or like uh, a dense, like wood that would burn. That's that feels like maybe where I want to have him. All go. right. I think what this is then, uh, in addition to the magic dice that you're rolling, I'm adding a relationship die to this. And uh, in this in this game, uh, when there is a significant relationship that could impact your role, uh, you can add a relationship die either towards or against your role. In this situation, it's going to be towards. And that relationship is going to be your relationship with your eye. Mm. Um, so we'll add that on there. Are you going to do any spends? So then I would spend my points from my magic to then yeah, to to yeah. enhance the dice that you have from your magic if you would like and then every four i feel like i asked this last time and every four is like another tier um so uh, every every one that you spend will upgrade uh the die type um and every two that you spend uh will give you a new die so if you were to spend four dice uh or if you were to spend four that would be a brand new d12 mm. essentially okay yeah. Uh, well, then I would like to spend four. All right. Mm, so you're adding an extra D12 to this roll. And yes, your magic please. gives you three dice, right? Yes. Okay. Three little, three little guys. I'm going to roll this hefty, hefty pool. Okay. Let's take a look at my guide here. Good. So those are successes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that is going to be four successes overall. Hmm. Um, like who? Oh my gosh. A somewhat unlucky draw as we have two winters. Uh, I will understand you not picking a winter as winters represent threats. Uh, okay. Could befall your group. Um, but the good results that you have, uh, you either have a relatively high resupply or um, a relatively low repair result. Mm. Uh, well, then I'm going to go with the resupply. All right. <laughs> and what you find mm. are pallets of dried pasta. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lucky. Bonjourno. <laughs> yes, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, the, the church is based on the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which means pasta is important. I don't... Hey, folks, in the real canon, I don't necessarily want to imply that uh, uh, Japan, parentheses, Italian, is super real within the sphere, uh, or that that is necessarily the place that is home of the Church of the Slain God, but... Come on. So <laughs> pasta. And the thing about dried pasta, especially stored in an environment like this where there is not much humidity and it is very, very cold, it has a long shelf life. That's um, so potentially funny. edible. Potentially. Right. Ciao, Papa. 
<laughs> I think, yeah, Jonnet is going to like open a pantry and like just get hit with like, wow, shelf, 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 shelf of pot. What? And then um, he's going to like take one, look at it, sniff it. Why would he think it'd smell like anything? He's going <laughs> to bite it. He's going to chew it. Hmm. In terms of dried pasta, that's pretty good. <laughs> and so then- um, In terms of raw pasta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raw freeze-dried pasta, I yes. <laughs> um, Again, he's he like leans out. He's like, I found something that is good. This is good. Neutral this good? This is definitely good. All right, yeah, good. Yes. That's good. good. It's good. I feel it's- like this is followed by a scene of you and Wendell like loading up sleds of just dried pasta and snacking on little individual dried pastas as you mm-hmm. are carrying them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think like there's that. Jonnet Jonnet fills up his his bag as much as he can because he's like, I'm not finding fuel, so I might as well stock food. Mm-hmm. I think he came into this thinking like, I'm going to be the one to find the the coal. I'm going to do that, and he's like, Well, okay. It's like we're still, we're still. This is a good thing. This is a net mm. positive thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like stack, uh, loading up his bag, and then like maybe finds the sleds, and he's like, "Ooh, I have an idea." Ooh. Yeah, I'll say because I said pallets, and you did get ed, uh, uh, opportunities on this, which is the system's like equivalent of advantages. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. say you find like the pasta is being stored in crates. You know, you you've got crates and whatnot. So like the end of the day, you will have things to burn. Uh, oh, the wood of the crate. Ah, got it, like, got it. It's like a little bit of coal, some wooden crates. It's like, well, it'll be a tough trip, but um, you know, you you might be able to get back in the air, and if somebody finds more burnable stock, then hopefully, I, hopefully, yeah. it'll be good. I think Jonnet is more focused on like he's he's counting this as like a win because I found some fuel and then also there's pasta involved and I have to transport the pasta to get the fuel. But it's like I found some fuel. I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. Liz. Yeah. What's your role? Uh, since Jonnet just did magic, I don't want to do magic twice in a row. I'll do prowess, which is essentially just <laughs> hitting something so hard. That you find <laughs> that you find something uh-huh. good, and we did just when we last left Gable, they were hitting stuff very hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with that to pump it up. How, how many dice do you have in prowess? I, I got a square you, and you, two diamonds. Okay, okay. Whatever so that, that is two d eights and one d six. Okay, so you're not going to juice it. We're just going to roll it. Let's just mm-hmm. roll it. That's a pretty good dice roll by itself. Hey. Hey. All right. Pasta, pizza, carbonara. That's <laughs> two successes and one ba, 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 complication. Okay. okay. Mm. So the first thing is we get to draw two cards and choose between them. All right. Let's see here. This is the spring result. Uh, both of these are low, uh, but they're both burnable things. Okay. Mm. Oh, wait. Okay. Never Never mind. What, what is the six for that? Okay. Okay. So you can choose between food or something to burn. Something to burn. Okay. We got, we got a whole penguin. I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. 
Penguin and what? pasta, we are set. Pasta, uh, penguin carbonara. <laughs> penguin carbonara, <laughs> baby. Uh, kings. What you find? So you, you and Nodos are smashing up mm-hmm. this and like working through some stuff. This is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're here with your good friend Nodos. Uh, and there's friend? almost nothing more that you and friend question marks. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, things have been said, but everybody needs time. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more fun in the world than going out with the boys and cause a little chaos, doing a little smashing. Um, so you break this device and it feels good. These are memories that like, you had to push away and ignore and and do your best to try and bury because there is simply nothing else that you could do with that. There is just raging against this institution that is the church, uh, which feels fruitless in a way. But now you are able to like directly engage with the artifacts of your past and fuck them up a little bit more. Um, and that causes like a big mess to be strewn about the room. And you eventually like reach a point where you both are kind of out of breath and you've smashed up this cursed thing. It felt as good as you needed it to feel. And you sit down together and have some contemplation time. (laughs) There is some rope involved. (laughs) I went to a rage room and then I got super high. And I had a yeah. great day. You had a, you had, yeah. <laughs> For a place where you were tortured at, this is a I'm not bad trip. <laughs> pretty yeah. good day. <laughs> I think you and Nodos are lying on your backs, kind of staring up at the, the ceiling of like this mechanics room, just talking about like it's it's moved far past from like talking about your experiences mm-hmm. to like going into shower thoughts level conversations um and then like as you were kind of like looking up maybe looking around the room you see a rolled up like vellum thing Mm-hmm. That that you didn't notice before, or maybe got dislodged as the room got more and more chaotic, uh, and for whatever reason, like it calls out to you. You 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 see it. You open it up. It is a map. It is a map that you know is written again in the language of the church. This this bastardized version of the divine tongue. So you can read it, but you know it, it's like. If you spoke in red Spanish, it's like reading Italian. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, extremely similar languages. You can kind of get it, but like it's far off enough that it's difficult. What you gather, especially your rope-addled brain right now, this is guiding you to some place north of here that has peat. Mm. Um, where you'd be able to go dig up peat for those who don't know. Peat or turf is a old school fuel uh it will show up in uh like scotch whiskey um because it's part of the distillation process for scotch whiskey but it was something that people would almost burn like wood as fuel and you can use to lift a skyship off the ground so 
if you have enough fuel to get you to this place, uh, the Uhuru will be able to go out, dig up a bunch more fuel, and basically get wherever it needs to go. So what I'm thinking is that if if I were a bug, if I were just a little, just a little bug, mm-hmm. would I conceive of people bigger than me not having the the same sort of soul and voice because we assume that bugs don't have souls and voices because they're small but what if it's the big the same big so like say i was as big as that that this wall right here wait wait a second what is that i like it when things are big i like it when things are big but if i were small would i hate things that were big anyway i'm gonna get this can you lift, <laughs> can, you lift, can you lift me up there's a scene (laughs) Nodos tries to lift you up and you know I don't think you're trying gives you a little (laughs) bit of boot like it's not that Nodos is weak or anything or even that Nodos is particularly short it's just how much height is Nodos going to be able to add to Gable it's ludicrous Nodos has to like bend down and like wrap his arms around like your thighs and like try and boost you up. <laughs> the two of you do manage to reach it, but I also think you do fall down. Mm-hmm. You did a great job. <laughs> uh, Nodos responds, but it is muffled because he's basically like talking into your coat right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then a little bit later after we, after we read the map. Hey, hey, Captain, John it. Yes, have you managed going on? to... Uh, not bad. Find... What? Not bad. Another what not bad. I don't, I don't know what this is. It's, it's good. It's another not bad. There's it's, a... It's, it's a map. I've, I guess I can't... I'm afraid I can't read this. Stop shaking it, Gable. <laughs> it's a good map. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it's a good map. That definitely makes it harder to read. But... Uh, flapping it like a bird. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, uh, there's peat bog. About 10 miles or so, if we can... Probably more than 10. <laughs> I but, think it's 10 yeah. miles. That's what I read on the map. <laughs> we only need to go uh, 10 miles, and we then we can get a bunch of peat fuel. I don't know what the state it's going to be, so that's a little bit of a gamble, but, you know, it's yeah, that's, little... that's still fantastic news, Gable. Thank it's you good. so much. Thank you so much. Are you good. roping? Hmm? Are you roping? Hmm. When did... I don't know. What? I don't know what... I don't know what you're... I don't know what... Are you? Are you high no. right John now? It. John it. What? Do you think griffins have souls? Okay. 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 All right. But what? Okay. John it. it. John it. John it. <laughs> what? Do you think griffins have souls? I think that yes. They, they, I don't. Yes. 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 I'm not on your Bugs lo- would think we have souls. I don't. Okay. That is not point. the same. You know, that's not the same. This is a size proportion thing of griffins how, we, are big. how we conceive. Scotty Jackson. We return once again to a long line of prospective applicants uh, for the Skyship Uhuru. And we see a tall and dark figure gracefully move off that line. 
They do not drop a headshot and resume down on the table. Instead, they stand before the audition table with a long cape behind them flowing in the wind. It's daytime, but the full moon is behind them. Mm -hmm. Good evening. Oh. You're in. You're in. You're in. Well, hello there, tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> I don't want to waste anybody's time. Good, I'm you're in. not applying for this ship. Well, oh, that's a shame. I waited what? on this line for, because then? I need information, and I think that's you're the people who can help me. Not exactly the conceit of these particular <laughs> outings. But... The name is Wolfgang Akamatsu. Okay. Oh, please join this ship. Please. <laughs> I'm afraid I have no time for piracy. I follow a different path. Oh, he's got his own code. I am a monster hunter. (laughs) Is that a silver katana strapped to your waist? So you're just happy to see me, mate. Uh, That's that is uh, that's actually. That uh, the one strapped to my waist is a stainless steel katana. I do have a silver katana strapped to my back, but I am also very happy to see everyone here. As I said, I waited a very long time in that line. Wow. You say you have a warning for us. What would that be? Not a warning. I need information from you. Oh yes, I There's completely a rumor. forgot. What you said. <laughs> There is a rumor that you were pursued by a beast, a man Ooh. with a crocodile's flesh and a monster's heart. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, I haven't necessarily been super interested in opening myself up to multiple parties at the same time. But if you, you, you're also interested in a calivar, we can we can have a discussion. Okay, great. You are fully on board for everything that I am here for. Yes, I do hunt monsters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to fuck them. Oh. That's the thing. That was the prompt. That was so. First question it, so it sounds like he's not single, but also that doesn't rule anything out, maybe? Yeah. Uh, we have um, a bit of a. Complicated history. On again, off again, I die. Sure. He turns into a crocodile. You know, there's complications. But that time. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we're not good communicators. So uh, I can let him know you're interested if you've got like a, a message to contact you want. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm here is like the first line of defense, right? We don't want any creeps, any catfishes, any catfish monsters involved so uh, obvious obvi- obviously of course and you know uh you can tell him that i maintain a collection of katanas made out of different metals so right, if he right, thinks yeah. katanas are cool he likes to look at katanas <laughs> wait 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 wait, wait, wait. a lot of katanas came in wait, so hot so you have them not to slay but just to like show off and be like you like my swords it's my Monsters? experience it's my experience I... that most monsters think katanas are pretty cool <laughs> uh, uh gable real talk i've met a lot of people who think that they can just bring 
uh, a katana made of an un, uh, of uh, not the metal you would hope and assume it would go. <laughs> everyone katana as personality is like a real yeah. Every, everyone <laughs> thinks that they're going to be able to meet a hot monster at a party and you know click just like that. That's not how it works. Most monsters aren't into that. While you were out having parties, I studied oh. the blade, and that's why I had a lot of premarital sex with monsters. <laughs> I'm a monster. And okay. There's a lot of people who envy you for that, mate. Uh, I, I, it I is feel a path like I need. That not many can travel. Oh, God. I feel like I've got to, uh, as an auditor here, I've got to inquire about some of this information more. Uh, sure. I was super on board, but now I do have questions. Um, so. Outside of uh, you know the crocodile head man, uh, what are some of the what are some noteworthy monsters? Uh, werewolf, uh, Dracula, so but like generous. everybody, everybody slept with Dracula. Uh, yeah. Um, fish, what fish Dracula guy? Bottom exist. bottom half him. and top half. Bottom half and top half fish guy. So both types oh. of fish guy. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so a fish then in total. Well. <laughs> I mean, but they were different guys. <laughs> they were different guys. One was a yeah, bottom half fish guy. One was a top half fish guy. So you slept with one man and one fish. <laughs> if I sleep with two werewolves, it's not sleeping with a wolf and a dude. So uh, in in the uh, in in the short term, at the very least, uh, I'm afraid we do not have uh, any monsters on the ship currently uh, especially uh, considering both my circumstance and that we've i mean we we did have a very interesting monster uh turned into multiple different types of monsters oh that sounds uh, really good acted like a monster mm -hmm. um yeah. on multiple occasions great mm -hmm. this this sounds great it we're, we are speaking past tense as far as we know as well, far as we also, know I, I should shoot. I should also follow up because like yeah it's it's you know it's one thing to you know sleep around good for you more power to you but like how of all of these monsters how many are you still in contact with because if you join the crew mm. you're going to have it's like it's it's not it doesn't end at the bedding alright okay. we're still gonna have to be crewmates look you're young one day you'll understand that in life, you it's not just enough to do something. You've got to be the best, the very best there ever was. Okay. And that means you have to catch them all. What are oh. That is a very different interpretation. What are we and I need what? a crocodile-fleshed guy with a monster's heart. I okay, just... so but what happens if you get this? Are you done with the crew? I'm done with sleeping with that guy, and I got to move on to finding a Thunderbird or whatever. Oh my I mean, God. We're, we're we're not really looking to get ghosted uh, yeah. again, again. Anyway, so uh, I mean, it's not ghosting if it's prearranged. If you know I'm with the crew until we encounter Crocodile Guy, I have sex with the Crocodile Man, and then I'm off on my next adventure. Look, 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 look. We're not freedom fighters with benefits here. We're we're here for the for the long term relationship mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, fighting the good fight, and then potentially with a lot of back and forthing and a lot of awkward moments, passionate lovemaking. But until mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. there's a slow build. We're a bit of a slow burn crew. How about you work on yourself, right? Fuck the monster inside you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to be the monster you want to fuck in this world. Yeah, exactly. The greatest challenge yet.
we cut to an anime closing credit sequence that is a lot of like contemplative uh, shots mm-hmm. of this character beneath the moon, uh, <laughs> staring out into the sea, a lot of Sakura petals everywhere, uh, you know, and, and finally like kind of reading a book under a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. 80s guitar. Campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku app. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny in Briefs, or on his podcast, Bill Buds. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter, at Dreams to Become, or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Star Wall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Allie Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice-of-life and high-flying space fantasy, 
You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Star Wall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.